Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. In this episode, the team and I discuss the demonic possession of Roland Doe. So please do sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. In this podcast, we will be discussing demonic possession, primarily focusing on the story of Roland Doe, not his real name, who was the basis for the book and film The Exorcist. The bassist? The bassist. I think it was the bassist for the bassist. For those who aren't aware, demonic possession is the belief that individuals can be possessed by malevolent beings, commonly referred to as demons or devils. Yeah. <laughs> so Roland Doe was a 13-year-old boy in Maryland, um, and this happened in 1949. So it's his exorcism that inspired the exorcist. Now, neighbours and friends described him as a quiet and unpopular but studious child. Ooh. Right. That's okay. very flattering, isn't mm, it? Yeah. So this could have unpopular. some bearing on the rest of the story, but I digress. Mm. It was reported that he was very close to his aunt, who was a spiritualist. And in 1948, she introduced him into Ouija boards. So in 1949, his aunt passed away and he became obsessed with trying to contact her using the Ouija board. And it was shortly after he started using the Ouija board, the family noticed strange noises happening from upstairs, objects moving of their own, and specifically a painting of Jesus being slammed against the wall. So a family friend called Dr. Alvin KG, good name, um, also claims to have witnessed... Uh, Roland being thrown several feet from a chair by some invisible force. And he's also reported that Roland became covered in bruises, scratches and welts all over his body. So understandably worried, his parents took him to see doctors and even psychiatric professionals for an evaluation and all could find nothing wrong with him. So the family turned to the Catholic Church for help and had a visit from a father, Albert Hughes, um, who noted that Roland had a dark stare, almost as if there was nothing behind the eyes. Like me. Yeah, bit like you. You also note that the boy stared at the copy of the Bible that he brought with him. And he also notes that the boy had an aversion to all things sacred. So crucifixes, bottles of holy water, and priests. That's a bit of a weird observation. I mean, it, how do you stumble upon that? Well, no, the guy was already there assessing him. Yeah, but how do you... It just yeah. seems like an odd thing to have an aversion. Well, yeah, this is, is, like, well, this is where this... <laughs> This is where this belief that he was possessed comes from, which is what I'm getting to. Another thing that Father Hughes witnessed was that um, a chair in which he was sat in, he claims levitated off the ground and then threw him out onto the floor. So based upon these things he'd witnessed and experienced, he believed he was dealing with a possession. So based upon these things he'd seen, he believed he was dealing with a possession. So this was the first possession that Father Hughes had ever dealt with, first exorcism, so he set about doing the right um, to exercise the boy. Um, And he asked the boy in Latin, what is your name? To which the boy replied, I am legions in Latin, back to him. Now, apparently Roland didn't know any Latin. How would he in the 1940s? 
being brought up as a evangelical Lutheran. So whilst he was carrying out the exorcism, Roland became violent, spitting, rocking back and forth, screaming and having violent outbursts. So they physically uh, restrained Roland, tied him to the bed. For three nights, Father Hughes was reciting the exorcism rite and prayers. And on the third night, Roland was able to break one hand free and allegedly reach under the bed, break a spring off, which he then used to attack the priest, slashing his arm open from his wrist to his elbow. What? Mm. Is this actually documented as in the photos? Not photographs, but it was documented in a, the priest's kept diaries. Right. This was recorded in the priest's diary, but apparently yeah. there was no physical evidence of this happening to him in later life. There was no scar or anything yeah. on his body. So Father couldn't have slashed him very deep then. No, but Father Hughes took a leave of absence um, to recover from his injuries. So the family took this option to move, and they moved to St. Louis to stay with some family. And here they came across a priest called Father William Bowden, who was aware of the situation and aware of what had happened with Father Hughes and wanted to help out. So he carried out the exorcism rites for the next six weeks, but he got other priests to come in and help. So enlisting these other priests, they began to carry on with the exorcism rite. But apparently Roland became more violent, forcefully spitting at the priests, threatening them with violence, and recorded making sexual propositions towards them. That was the spitting, probably. No, it was... A, sorry, he offered it. He offered it. What was I supposed to do? Refuse? Uh, so, the outburst became more common with Roland, and on occasion having to be physically restrained again. And it was noted in the priest's diary that Roland's strength appeared to be far greater than that of an ordinary boy his age. Now, marks appeared to continue on the boy's body and sometimes they formed words. They decided to, to baptise Roland to see if that would get rid of these demons. Um, and it didn't appear to work with one of the priests getting his nose broke in the process as he became more violent um, towards them. But in their, the priest's diaries, they noted that all of a sudden, during one of the most violent outbursts that he had, in a very clear voice, he said, Satan, Satan, I am Saint Michael, and I command you, Satan and the other evil spirits, to leave the body now. And shortly after this, apparently Roland calmed down and, like, relaxed. So he, he exercised himself? Well, the, the belief is that the baptising him kind of allowed his body to be ex- exercised of these... <clears throat> Spirits by Saint Michael. Which one's Saint Michael? So Saint Michael is the archangel who basically banished Satan to hell. Now all of this apparently was documented in the priest diaries, which um, was put into a book called "Possessed: The True Story of an Exorcism" by Thomas B. Allen, Um, and they documented every single rite that was like event written out and every every day and every night that they were there so let's let's open this up for discussion so the first thing that stands out for me is the description of the boy by the friends and neighbors saying that he was unpopular and quiet is it that he was possessed or is it that he was the one person he was close to passed away he had maybe felt like he had no one and it was kind of like seeking attention yeah so he he was 14 wasn't he when he became possessed i'm yeah, doing inverted commas with 13, my fingers 14. by the way for listeners so he's kind of 13 14 so he was already a quiet antisocial boy 
before that. You know, it's not like he became this when he was possessed, and he wasn't possessed all along. He he he. They think he became possessed after his aunt died, and he started fanning about with Ouija boards. Yeah, but she was a spiritualist anyway, wasn't she? Yeah, she so, was. And she had got him interested in stuff like that. Yeah, and she How could many thirteen, fourteen-year-old boys kind of uh, you know taken to one side by their aunt and shown Ouija boards. Yeah, and you're quite impressionable at that age as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like, to, to my mind, it's kind of, if you're young and you watch horror films, you start to believe that horror films are kind of real, you know, because you, you're, you're impressionable enough, you're young enough to actually not be able to separate the obvious, that's in a movie versus this is going to bite me when I go to bed and it's going to crawl out from under my bed. Yeah. And this is probably the kind of 1940s equivalent of that. They didn't have TV, so they wouldn't have watched you know, the thing from the Black Lagoon or whatever, they would have been spending time with their creepy Aunt Rebecca or whatever her name is, let's make up her name, creepy Aunt so-and-so who decides that she's into, you know, witchcraft and Ouija boards and stuff and she's all like, hey, kid, come and look at this, this is cool. We can speak to dead people. Now, you'd believe that was real because you're 13 yeah, you don't know and your trustworthy aunt is telling you that's how she does it. So I don't know how I feel about the whole, I think I mentioned it before, I don't know how I feel about the whole Ouija boards thing. From people that I know who've used them, they always tell me that they've had a bad experience, like something something bad has I've, happened I've, shortly I've, afterwards. I've played about with one, and I think it's a bit like um, no table tipping. Yeah. And because everyone's only touching it with their fingers, you only need one person to subvert where it's going, and everyone feels... You know, oh, it's moving that way. I'll move a little bit that way as yeah, well. Yeah, so, like, you're, so you're, you're following the yes, glass. Yes, you naturally sort of just go it. with it. Yeah, I've never done a Ouija board. I always really wanted to, but it did just kind of think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever done one? Ever no, done? God no. I would not. God touch no. One. Oh no. I was like, really? You wouldn't touch <clears throat> one? No, no, would never See, touch one. I'd, I'm interested. See, the, I don't know if I would, even as a nearly forty year old. Yeah, the, sure. the only ones that are actually supposed to work are the ones where you know the you know the element that you move about. It's supposed to have glass in it. Yeah. And it's supposed, it's supposed to be a certain type of glass. And they're the only ones that actually genuinely are supposed to work. And it comes from um, it comes from um, hoodoo and voodoo. Hoodoo is like modern day voodoo. But yeah, so it's, it's, but it's a glass that's supposed to be the kind of the portal, if you like. Hmm. My mum says that she's done one and that it... That it wasn't nice. So is the suggestion that he was possessed only after only after playing with the Ouija board? Yeah, so that so the, kind of acted as a conduit to dragging the demon. Yeah, into the, it. the belief is that uh, a Ouija board is kind of like opening the door and inviting in these evil spirits to you and your home, as it were. I think as the other thing is like I think the point that we were talking about earlier is that you have to take it. You know, in terms of the you know the time period, you know this is before, you know TVs aren't in everybody's houses. You probably got a radio, and if he's already a little bit of a loner, throw into the fact that to a certain extent through his aunt, he's been exposed to some weird stuff and her beliefs on the spiritualism side of things. And I also think that if you go back sort of fifty hundred years, I think the church as a whole. He's trying to have this like outreach element. It's got to be seen to be doing good. Perhaps part of that is trying to find problems where there aren't any, well, and be seen as you know the the fixers or the solvers of that. <clears throat> Interestingly, um, he and his mum were both evangelical Lutherans, which is kind of a, a Protestant side of 
religion. So they weren't Catholic, even though they got a Catholic priest in to help them with this, because they were told by a Lutheran minister, you're going to need Catholic help because it's the Catholics who know how to get rid of demons. Um, what? what? So are they like are they like the... Do demons only listen to Catholics? <laughs> well, they, they, well ca- the Catholics are the ones with the exorcism rites. Yeah. Lutherans didn't have that. Yeah, I'm Lutherans sure. were... Apparently they they're quite they're quite scripture heavy, so they you know quite big on making sure people know the gospels and know all the stuff from the Bible, which is why I'm very dubious that this kid didn't know any Latin, because uh, in the 1940s right. or 30s, if you were if you were an evangelical Christian, you would have been being taught some Latin surely, because it was still taught in schools up until like the 70s. Yeah, most likely. So if you if you're getting taught as part of a religious you know doctrine you would you would know surely you would know some of that um or at least you know have access to pick some of it up and and if you i think if you apply some sort of modern day thinking to it imagine that he has got perhaps some sort of post-traumatic stress as a result of the aunt dying but say he's autistic say that's probably one of the reasons that he, you know he he socially is very awkward he struggles to sort of keep eye contact but also that ability to recall lots of information, as you were yeah, saying about Latin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember I, I was taught German at school and I can remember bits of German. Now, the, I mean, I, I've never had a conversation with somebody in German in my life. The last time I would have actually studied or read a word in German would probably have been, you know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And I can remember enough that I could, you know, say... You could get to the train station. Yeah, Gainsey after Mercer Strasser links, you know, that's take the first street on the left. And I, you know, the, you, you remember bits, don't you? Yeah. And if, if, it, what, what was it the, the priest said to him? He asked what his name was. Yeah, he said, I am legions. That's, that's like basically, these are the words I can remember from Latin. That's what I think that is. Uh, it's like me saying, Ich bin Kugelschreiber, which means I am fountain pen. Pleased to meet you, fountain pen. Looking at demonic possession, there there are many kind of like illnesses and traits that I think in the past could have been well, you got misdiagnosed as possession, yeah, yeah like mental the, illness, epilepsy, Tourette's. Yeah, Tourette's, you know, because they, they, they don't think he was mentally ill because apparently he went on to lead a normal life afterwards. So well, apparently he got a job with NASA. I heard he got a several. job with NASA, but I'm sorry. What? Well, really? if no one knows who he is, how do you know he got a job with jobs, but and went on to lead a normal life? But oh. Oh, that needs verifying. That sounds yeah. like I think what he did was he took his he took his demonic super strength and he used it to fight the lizard men for NASA. That's what he did. <laughs> ah, definitely. It's working at Area Fifty One. Yeah, I don't think he had mental illness because they say he went on to live a normal life afterwards. I've only seen a couple of people when I've been looking into this saying that he went on to work for NASA, and they are on the most crackpot of websites. They're not on like the kind of you know the Wikipedia. They just want story him to or, be working you know, for NASA. Kind of the, yeah, exactly. But it, potentially Tourette's. Then he apparently didn't swear. So although he was, you know, kicking off and being a pain in the ass to these priests, he didn't swear. But Tourette's isn't necessarily swearing. No, it's not, no. But you also don't just get better from it when someone dunks your head under some water. It's, you know, there's... I, th- I, I think it's far more likely that this is a kid's plea for, you know, just a cry for help, a plea for attention in, in the absence of his aunt, who it seems was quite close to him you know, recalling things that he knew from his church upbringing about St. Michael. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a weird one, really, because there's other things 
I mean, he could, yeah, he could be just be a troubled young lad who doesn't really know what he's doing with himself at age 13, 14. And I mean, you know, we've got a teenager and then one who's coming up to that age and they don't really know what they're doing or who they are. But yeah, you know, kind of, you know, he's a hormonal, hormonal young man and his aunt's died and it's all a bit... But then that doesn't explain chairs moving. I think that with a lot of... When you look into demonic possession stories, a lot of them seem to centre around kind of teenagers or children going through the beginning stages of puberty. Yeah, kind of hormonal. But typically, I mean, it is more unusual that it's a male because normally eight times out of ten it always seems to be yeah. young girls. So um, the Enfield haunting, that was all centred around uh, two sisters. Mm-hmm. Yep. That were, you know... But there was, there was no, there was no possession that. involved in that. Was that, that was that was poltergeist activity, and I think with with think the, with the Roland spe- Doe stuff, it started out with it started out with poltergeist activity. It did, yeah, and it started then out with poltergeist into, and then turned into possession. He had the devil in him. Yeah, but it, it, these kind of things do when you read the stories, they do center around children. You very rarely come across stories where they're about elderly people or they're they're about adults no true and is it just that their their kids going through uh kind of hormonal changes yeah difficult I, I, times I would think mentally so. taxing times that like like i was saying about how like he apparently didn't swear you know the 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 stuff in the exorcist film in the book you know vomiting everywhere and your mother sucks cocks in hell and all that stuff none of that was supposed to have happened to Roland no. Doe. That's all obviously fictionalised to make it into yeah. a good yeah. story for a film. Um, but it, I, what what you hear about what happened with Roland Doe, it all sounds quite quaint through a modern lens. It doesn't, you know, none of it really seems that terrifying. It's like yeah, it seems quite the table tame. fell over. Yeah. He he shouted at some priests. Um, yeah. He he wasn't happy when they tied him to the bed. This kind of thing. It's like, well, obviously, yeah. this doesn't suggest fight, to me that the devil's would fight inside back him. If you were being tied to a bed, and exactly. Held down yeah. By three yeah. And it's quite yeah. innocuous what he said as well. No, I am legions. Yeah. Well, and it's th- this this thing that they said about how he would have things scratched into himself as well, which they claim he couldn't have done himself um, because apparently sometimes they were scratched into his back. But you. Probably was, could find work? a way to scratch a but, word. But into again, your back. you know, if you look at it through the like a modern context, it could be self harming after a really stressful, yeah, you know, the death of the absolutely, arm. yeah. And um, they, you know, initially when you read the story, it makes it sound as though these words were appearing on him while they were talking to him, but right. he was scratching them into himself, or I, I think he was, and lots of other people do. He was scratching them onto himself, kind of while they were out the room and. In between being asked questions, he would, you know, kind of convulse and, and get his hands really close into himself where he could scratch onto himself. What made me laugh when I was reading through this part was that he would write, uh, kind of the, the, the worst stuff he would write on himself would say things like hell and Christ, which aren't really that bad. But at one point they, they, they said something about sending him to school and he scratched no school into himself, which isn't the kind of thing I would expect the devil to be too worried about. No, demons aren't concerned about their education, are they? No, you'd think he'd want to go to school and, you know, cause mayhem. There's more people there, isn't there, too? Exactly. Mm. What to so, jump into? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it works like that. Does no, I don't know. I don't, it, I, don't, I don't think it was ever really clear what the devil wanted. 
Is it the devil or is it just a demon? Well, well the, the, how does it work? The belief is behind him saying I am legions was insist, insinuating that there were more than one. Oh, legions, yeah. as in kind of like Roman legions. Like there may like have lots been. Of them. They believe there may have been five or six. Oh. But perhaps, you know, the whole St. Michael thing, perhaps that was his way of, he'd had enough. Yeah. And, and he was just trying to like, bring it how to How do I close. get out of this? And he'd have been aware of St. Michael because he yeah. was, uh, you know, an evangelical Lutheran and St. Michael's in the Lutheran teachings. Okay. okay, so conclusion on this one is that we think that Roland really was just a hormonal teenager. I think he was just acting up after the death acting of his aunt. Up. Who probably was a well, bit of a weirdo. It sounds like it's a bit more than acting up, but I mean, he, you know, he could have been really quite traumatized by it. People deal with kind yeah. of trauma and stuff and in grief. different ways, don't they? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Could have just been a result of that. I mean, but then you've got accounts of chairs moving and pictures of Jesus banging into the walls. It's always that thing when, where there's a little bit of fuel in a situation. Anything that happens. No, it could be... It's over-exaggerated. Yeah, it's, you know, it could be like a creek or a, you know, if a plate falls off the wall. That's well, the devil. Could it, devil yeah. did that. Could it been that there was genuine poltergeist activity? But, but not just a demonic co- possession. But not demonic yeah. possession. Yeah, quite possibly. I think very unlikely. I mean, if, if this kid was super strong and could move objects with his mind... He's an X-Man. He's an X-Man. And, <laughs> you know, the, the American government would have been all over him, wouldn't they, to use in the war against the lizard men? Well, that, know that. that's why NASA grabbed him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the real story. Maybe that is the real story. He's actually an X-Man. Indeed. So we'll wrap that one up there. So if we agreed, it's nonsense. Yeah, well, I think that on I this occasion, not- we think this is. I think it's a unanimous, this is yeah. nonsense. I think not, for the information for, either. For the, the kind of, the time... Like the kind of the time in that century as well. It's yeah. I'm I'm I say nay. Okay. Nay to demons. I say nay. Four nays. nays. Yeah, it's four nays. You got a whip and then you know nay. That's four red red X. Four buzzers. I feel I feel like that's a uh, that's that's a victory for me. Yeah. <laughs> you would. You would. And that was our episode on Roland Doe's alleged demonic possession. So if you haven't already, please do like and subscribe. And for those of you who already have, thank you once again for your continued listenership and support. If you'd like to email the show, either to say hi or to send your own paranormal stories in, then email skepticsandbelieverspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at s and b pod and number one on Twitter, or you can follow us on Instagram and that's Skeptics Believers part. There will be a Facebook coming soon. So please do join us next week when we talk about my favourite subject, lizard people. So until then, please do take care of yourselves. This podcast has been brought to you by Obsidian Shark Productions. The music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the Creative Commons license. More details can be found on our website.